Hi everyone! So for today's episode, we're going to change up the format a little bit, have a more casual conversation sort of dynamic rather than presenting more facts. So last week we really looked and reviewed the basis of what pesticides are, what they do, and some of the negative effects that they can have. For today's episode, I want to dive into a little bit about the significance of our food, what traditional practices look like, and how these might counteract or how these might come as sort of an opposition to the pesticide movement. So in with me today, I'm excited to welcome Wyatt Split. He is the Food Sovereignty Coordinator at Gun Lake Tribe, and I had the fortune of working with him uh, a couple summers ago in a garden uh, for Gun Lake Tribe. So happy to have him on the show. So we're going to just have a a sort of open-ended conversation on this topic. coordinator at the Gun Lake Tribe. Um, A lot of my day-to-day consists of collaboration with other departments and community outreach, Uh, especially right now in the pandemic. We got to do a lot of RSVPing for events and things like that. So as of right now, I'm I'm what I call the off-season here in the winter months leading up to Sugarbush. We just try to do as much outreach as we can. Right now we're working on a little bit of a youth group try to get the youth more involved have them have more of a voice but um moving into like the seasonal activities like sugar bush or gardening wild ricing uh day-to-day activities or just you know whatever needs done in the field that day i'll try to help my crew out and just give them initiatives other than that um just a lot of planning a lot of planning goes into everything we do and there's some bureaucracy involved with tribal government work so you gotta go up the chain to get the approval and get it back down so we can get boots on the ground thank you yeah i imagine this time of year you got a lot going on trying to get ready for summer and trying to get ready for the next season so definitely important um so next question for you then would be you know, what What does the garden aspect look like? What are you doing over the summer? And what's, what's that season look like usually? The garden season is, um, it starts off very chaotic because it overlaps with our sugar bush season. And usually when we're in the greenhouse, we're also processing syrup and trying to turn syrup into sugar. And then we'll have like two, two crews going at the same time. And luckily I was able to hire a technician on, so he kind of divides up the supervisory aspects of my position with the different groups that we have, the garden and the sugar bush. But um, for the most part, it'll, it'll be me in the greenhouse with probably three seasonals. Um, again, with the youth group, we're gonna try to get them to give us a lot of help and incentivize all of their 
contributions to us and so you know the garden season we try to get the fields ready this season we're going to go with cover cropping so we're going to go no-till it's going to it's going to help our back out a lot as far as workload goes um, we're going to try to get more automation on our irrigation and try to do more more work for less work that's the goal of the season okay. is really try to make it more automated yeah that way just the workflow goes for you you don't have to be so focused on the nuances of the job you can just focus on what you need to do for the big picture stuff yeah and honestly because season to season like year after year i feel like we get new people on every time and it's it's kind of like a training process every time and that's a little bit stressful so the more automation the better you know the less that we have to teach and train the better but I feel like this is gonna be a good year. We got some good plans coming. Definitely, it sounds like it. So taking a step back, I kind of want to go back to the talk a little bit more about food sovereignty. What exactly is this? Because I don't think we. I think it's important to establish just a basis for what this means. Sure. So food sovereignty to me is more than just governing the food that we eat and growing the crops for our communities. I feel like food sovereignty is more of a cultural identity as well as to who we are. It's a part of our ceremonies. I feel like food sovereignty is also the knowledge of how to how to do agriculture and livestock, things like that, you know, and actually producing the food, processing the food, cooking the food, just every part of food and bringing that and sharing that knowledge with your community and sharing the food with your community and establishing the networks within your community or multiple communities within the tribes and their bands, you know, right now we're trying to get trade established, reestablished, I should say, because it's something that we've always done. Again, that's a part of our identity, but it's also a small part of food sovereignty, those trade routes and things like that. So there's a lot of things that go into food sovereignty, but I would definitely say that it's a part of our identity and, and how we're living. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. It's having the power to really control the processes that go into your food and to have control over food is such a big part of lifestyle and going back that really has a lot of significance and in a lot of ways we've lost touch with some of that in our modern world you know we don't really think about where it comes from when we go to the grocery store so I think that's definitely a good point you know reclaiming that part of culture um, on a second, to follow up that question, I just want to ask you what this, what the significance is to you personally. Food sovereignty to me, personally, is a lot of who I am. And I didn't discover food sovereignty until I was in my 20s. And I really didn't even give it any thought. You know, I just spent money like everyone else at the grocery store with my paycheck week to week and you know that was surviving working using money to to live 
And food sovereignty to me, more personally, is trying to move away from money and trying to get more sustainable as a as all around that I can be, not rely on money. And so for me, it's it's become a part of who I am. It's it's definitely something I want to pass down to my children and just share as much knowledge as I can with every anyone. So the garden is, of course, a big part of food sovereignty. I mean, that's the basis for the food that you get for the season. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you manage pests that come into the garden? What What are some of the practices that you rely on? Are you a fan of pesticides or do you try to stay clear of, of a lot of these? Yeah, so definitely a no on the pesticides. Um, they're they're awful for our planet and just they devastate our ecosystems but um as far as pest control goes the worst thing that we'll put in our garden is neem oil and that's been working pretty good but for the most part um i've just used some old farmer techniques that i was taught by some old nishna farmers and they show me how to plant uh, marigolds they taught me how to use cedar, shavings, and just throw those on the plants. Um, for the most part, um, using other plants to draw the pests away from the plants that we would like to harvest, that's, that's the best way that we've figured to do it. And it's worked all right. The one, the one problem that we're having is with potato bugs. And, um, a guy named Charlie Barker said that we should use uh, soap water to try to get rid of those. And that's something that we're going to try to implement this season. Um, we've tried chickens in the past, see if they would eat them off it. That was a cool experiment. I remember that one, yeah. But, so for the most part, as natural as we can be to get rid of the pests, using nature against nature. That makes a lot of sense. It's hard to do that on large scales sometimes. I mean, I certainly know, having worked in the garden with you, that we struggle to to contain or to manage those potato bugs, especially. Um, it's and it's hard to be convincing to some large farmers who have established their practices. I don't know, like what what would you say to someone, oh, a farmer who has who's set up with a system of using pesticides, you know, what, how would you encourage them toward some of these practices that we've used? I would say um, the agriculture industry as a whole needs to be reevaluated because we're trying to produce a ton of produce and with like one farmer and truly it takes a tribe. That old saying, you know, it takes a tribe. That's true, and I found that to be true with any project that we've worked on. You know, we need community building. We need communities to be interested in food sovereignty, willing to participate. And I feel like the more hands on deck, the easier it'll be to use natural remedies. And it is easy to spray things with pesticides and, you know, fertilizers. Those things are proven to work, yes, but they're also proven to be so devastating to our planet. 
And so I, I would just say, look at the pros and cons, you know. Um, it's, it's really not worth it to poison the earth and all the little animals and then have it accumulate in the predators. Like, it's just, it's worth looking into other options. Definitely, definitely. I definitely hope that this will help emphasize that. I mean, we can we can step back and walk away from a day of work at the garden and know that the practices, at least the practices that you're using, are not going to have that sort of impact on the ecosystem, on the native plants and animals that are around there that interact with um with what we apply to the plants so right we want to try to keep the balance as much as we can in nature especially on the micro level you know all those little guys in the soil that basically make the plants grow those are what we need to be thinking about and taking into consideration when we use those chemicals you know? yeah because that balance is really important in nature and i feel like we've been overlooking the microorganisms for too long yeah definitely a point a good point to make managing soil and really thinking about what we're putting into it because it completely changes i mean the composition the ph all of that contributes to what you can grow there and in the long run that's where we circle back to sustainability and then food sovereignty because if you're looking ahead you're going to be looking for the ways to best sustain yourself your family and your community So I really want to say a big thank you to Wyatt for joining me on today's episode. Again, that was Wyatt Split from Gun Lake Tribe. He is the coordinator for Food Sovereignty. And I really have enjoyed this conversation. I feel like we really have covered a lot of the important aspects of agriculture today, especially a look at pesticides and where that circles back into our own lives and communities. So thank you for having this conversation and I really appreciate you joining us today. To everyone else, I will see you again next week when we touch on some more information. And so thanks for joining me today. I hope you all have a wonderful day.